Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, the podcast about disease prevention and health promotion from the Office of Integrative Medicine and Health at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I'm Dr. Lee Frame, Program Director of the Integrative Medicine Program here at GW. And I'm Janet Rodriguez, Administrative Director of the Office of Integrative Medicine and Health. A growing body of research shows the health benefits of yoga to manage chronic diseases. Studies suggest yoga helps reduce pain, relieve anxiety, lower heart rate and blood pressure, and much more. Today we're going to talk to integrative yoga therapist Yael Flosberg and cancer survivor Nadia Turan about yoga and chronic disease. Yael has taught yoga classes at D.C. libraries, workplaces, schools, and hospitals like the George Washington Hospital since 2005. Yael currently teaches a weekly therapeutic yoga class for people living with cancer and their caregivers. That's where she met Nadia, who attends Yael's weekly class at GW. Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine. Our first question, we're going to start off talking about... How has the growing body of research showing the healing benefits of yoga therapy changed your practice as a yoga therapist? Thank you. It's so great to be here with you guys today. So I uh, try as much as I can to keep abreast of uh, research because I want um, the way that I, that I work with my yoga students, my yoga clients to be the best that it can possibly be. Um, that said, I'm not a researcher. So, you know, one of the ways that I think research uh, very, very much helps is by helping to grow knowledge of how yoga, how important yoga is and yoga therapy is in terms of uh, access to healthcare and to reduce cost in a number of different chronic conditions. Um, and also, I think, in terms of self efficacy. Uh, one thing that I really love about yoga and yoga therapy is it prioritizes self-regulation and really puts, um, we could say, the locus of control or agency in, in the person in terms of taking care of themselves uh, rather than uh, maybe an over-reliance on, on medical care. Um, Research is very, very helpful for me as a yoga therapist because it means that more healthcare practitioners, including doctors, can understand uh, the impact uh, of what of what yoga does, and also can kind of better refer their patients out. I think you know there's always this issue of doctors saying, "Oh, you have low back pain. Yeah, yoga helps," but it depends on what yoga and what teacher or what therapist. So um, I'd love to, if I can, tell you a little story about how research was just incredibly helpful for me personally. And, um, and also, I think, for, for my students, particularly at the uh, couple of classes that I teach that are targeted towards people with cancer and chronic conditions. And 2016, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I did my uh, treatment here at GW. And I, I felt very off after my diagnosis, and I was diagnosed with early stage breast cancer. I was, at that time, it was stage zero. Later, we found out I had stage one breast cancer. And I wasn't quite sure why I felt so badly. 
because intellectually I knew that there was a you know 99.9% chance that I was going to be alive in five years. The word cancer, I think, itself is always scary and brings us face to face with our own mortality. But what was so helpful was another yoga therapist uh, here in town who also works with people with cancer and cancer survivors sent me an article that had at that time just been published uh, in Germany. And one of the things it found was more than 80% of women with early stage breast cancer, so stage zero and one, meaning they were going to live, a year later exhibited symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. And it was, it, it really struck me that cancer diagnosis or really diagnosis of any disease or condition can also cause trauma, <clears throat> can cause a certain emotional residue that we need to, one, acknowledge, two, discharge, <clears throat> and three, take in skills uh, that, that can help us build resiliency over the long haul. And so just knowing that that research was there and that I wasn't the only one who was completely thrown off by a relatively benign, you'll excuse the pun, uh, diagnosis was incredibly helpful for me, but it really also helped shift how I organized and taught uh, the class that Nadia's in that we'll talk about in a while, where I, I just, some of my dis decisions around teaching were much more informed by all the research on trauma than they had been before. Before I had really just been looking at, you know, what do we know about yoga and cancer? And I was able to, I hope, integrate another level of information about around trauma and resiliency into that class as well. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And um, we'll go ahead and try and post information about that study because that sounds like a really great read. Um, I know uh, trauma is a big topic in research now. People are starting to learn that many people are experiencing trauma. And to know that yoga is a potential therapy for these people is very important. Uh, hopefully we can see more research on that. Do we have anything else we want to add to that piece? Do you want to make a comment about maybe your experience? Yes, I, I would be glad to make a comment. I was going to say my cancer experience for me was full of uncertainties. And that is from the stage of diagnosis through treatment, through survivorship. You face uncertainties every day. And your, my body felt like it was in a war zone. And so the more vulnerable I felt, the more my mind took over and became very vigilant. It looked out for me. But it is, takes a lot of energy. And so I was always putting out this energy, taking care of myself. And so I was protective of my health and everything, I tried to control as much as I can because everything was so uncertain. And the one difference I felt when I came to Yael's class was, Unlike the decades of yoga I've taken, Yale's class is very different. It's more of an oasis. I, I go in and I feel very safe. I feel very protected. I feel I can take off my psychic armor. 
And unlike a typical yoga class where you have an instructor at the front of the room and the students line up behind where it's watch what I do, Yale's class is very different. The um, focus is on us. So we sit in a circle, we face each other, and before we start, we focus as to what is going on with us. And we each have a brief statement we make. And that helps, I think, for us to know where we are compared with others in our situation, but it also helps Yael to intuit what is it that this group needs from me today. And I feel what Yael has is has this way of intuiting what you need when you need it. And so I um, feel completely in her hands. And I just feel so safe. And I, kind of, I feel that I'm drinking in strength from the group and along with my own. I'm not in this fight by myself. And so it's made a big difference. And I then at the end, I mean, there also is fun there. It isn't just grim. But at the end, we also check in with each other and we indicate where are we now. And what I love about the class is then we all acknowledge each other. We take a moment and just acknowledge each person there as saying, I'm so glad you're here for me today. We, and I think it's sort of brings an element of gratitude that you would not find in a typical yoga class. And so for all that synergy, I don't think you could put a price on it. So I, we acknowledge each other, and I always leave lighter, more buoyant, more grateful for that hour, because it's really greater than the sum of its parts. It's not a series of poses. It's a coming together. Like It feels like all the cells come together and they hold hands and say, you're going to be strong. So it's a wonderful experience. Oh, that sounds really wonderful. Uh, I, too, am a yoga practitioner, and I love yoga. Um, but that sounds very different from the yoga that I've practiced. It almost sounds like it's part yoga and part support group. Well, I think that's exactly right. When I was first hired to teach the class, I was hired by... Um, Jennifer Byers, who's uh, no longer at GW, but she was then an oncology social worker here. And she always used to say, remember, it's not just the yoga. And, and the sitting in the circle, to me, is such an important part of that. Um, you know, if you go and do a yoga class in a typical studio, they're trying to get as many students as they can in the room because that helps their bottom line. Uh, here, we're lucky enough to have the to have the space so that we can sit in circle, which means that we're in community with one another, and having a chance to sort of check in and see how everyone's go everyone's doing or what they're carrying as they're as they're um, coming into the circle, and also just to do a little debrief. So, how do you feel now compared to how do you walk in to compare to how you were when you walked in? Uh, is just another way of building community. And I've heard from people who say that they're um, hesitant to go to a support group because they're 
afraid of how grim it's going to be that they just get such a different vibe from the from this yoga class. That said, one of my aunts um, was diagnosed in the mid-70s with breast cancer. She was given five years to live. She was in one of the first uh, support groups in the country, and she died of other causes 25 years later. So I also am a big believer in how supportive and protective um, support groups can be in any diagnosis. And this is also you know, some of the latest research that's also coming out around uh, yoga therapy has to do with um, current theories about the nervous system. So like polyvagal therapy and comparing polyvagal therapy, which basically says um, it adds sort of another neural circuitry to the nervous system. So, you know, that the, that the, um, when, when we believe our life is in danger, when we're under threat of being killed, we go into freeze mode, which is very typical. And you'll hear that a lot from victims, for example, of violent crimes. I couldn't fight back. I just went into freeze mode. When you are under some threat, but you don't believe that your life is in danger, you will go into fight or flight mode. And when you feel safe, and, and I love that Nadia talked about the safety, when you feel completely safe, then you can uh, go into what's called social engagement mode. And that's when you can begin to access emotions such as love, such as gratitude, which I believe play a huge role in our healing, whether we get cured of the condition that we carry or not. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yes, there's a lot of research coming out in the mind-body world, and uh, cancer is one of the chief areas. So hopefully we'll be hearing a lot more about that. Yeah, one of the things that, uh, that I was interested in is a story that you told on your blog about finding the right style of yoga for a chronic condition. How do people do that? And could you tell that story? Experiment, experiment, experiment. Check in with yourself. Ask yourself, do I feel better after I take this class or do I feel drained? <laughs> because that's really, I think, a very uh, good answer. I, uh, you know, I started taking yoga in my mid-20s. My first yoga teacher was a 80-something-year-old great-grandmother named Ruby Blue. You cannot make this up. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't do all the poses, but she had a fantastic smile, and I just kept going to her. And then, you know, being in my 20s, I was so envious of people who could do fancy yoga tricks um, and whose bodies looked a way that I assessed was really different than how my body looked. And I really pushed myself a lot. And, and so even when you know, years later, I became a yoga teacher. I was mainly teaching a very super fun, I still love practicing it, but athletic form of, of yoga called flow yoga or vinyasa yoga. And I remember, you know, not being able to put my pants on for the first hour of the day. I'd have to lean against the wall and sort of figure out because I just, I'd had such rigidity in my, in my low back. And, um, 
I still, even though I've been practicing for a while and even teaching for a while, I still wasn't really listening to my body. I, I didn't, I didn't have, um, the interoception, those skills that help you connect deeply with yourself and what's happening. And so, uh, by pure chance, the studio where I was teaching offered a two hour workshop in a style of yoga called yin yoga by a woman who I think shortly after left DC. I just remember her name was Mary. And in yin yoga, the the target is not the muscle, so you're not doing repetitive motions. The target is the connective tissue, the fascia, which needs sustained traction. So you're holding poses for three to five minutes. I thought it was Chinese torture. I felt pain while I was in the postures in in the back, um, which is where I had been having all these issues and and still do, by the way. I don't want to pretend that they disappeared. But what I noticed when I worked, walked out of that workshop was I was pain-free, and I felt like I was floating for about two hours. Didn't last long, but two hours for, you know, for me was a lifetime. So I pretty much immediately signed up for a 100-hour teacher <laughs> training in Napa, California, which is not exactly my style or place. And I didn't know, but the two teachers co-leading the training were the yin yoga teachers in the country. And I learned so much from them, including that, um, including something that's not usually taught until you get to this sort of yoga therapy level, which is comparative anatomy. And the fact that because our bodies are shaped so different from a physical architecture, just from a structural level, that if you uh, see 20 people doing the same pose in the same way, you could almost guarantee that some of them are hurting themselves. And yet for teachers, it's easier to put everybody in a pose that looks the same. And that was so um, revelatory for me. And it really helped me as I then went through the rest of my process, which meant doing this style of yoga every day for six months, which is not something I'd necessarily recommend to anyone else. But it, it helped me manage the pain in my back enough that I was then able to go back and forth between my more fluid styles and my more meditative styles. Um, was that everybody is really different. And you, you know, as a teacher, I wanted to be able to speak to what each individual was experiencing. And the only way I could know that is by asking. I can't, I can't see that on the outside. Absolutely. That's wonderful. I know that my yoga instructors do typically tell me to pay attention to my body and do what I want to do, but sometimes I do the vinyasa flow as well. Sometimes you get a little competitive and you push yourself, and that's where you need to reel it back in. Um, I don't know if that's the type of issue you're seeing in some of your therapeutic classes or if everyone there is better at tuning into their body or that's something they're still struggling with. So I tend to not teach a ton of flow in the therapeutic classes um, because I think that when you're only in a pose for, what, max five breaths, you don't have enough time to actually feel what's happening. And so particularly for, um, 
for folks who may have a disconnect to their bodies or in the case of cancer and other chronic condition who might have a sense that their bodies have betrayed them. I, I just, I, the most important thing that I could do is help you build a relationship with your body. And that's going to take a little bit longer. So, um, while I teach other classes that involve flow in the therapeutics, less so we'll do, we'll do very simple short sequences, but I also want to do, um, more work. We do a lot of work on tennis balls, for example, kind of, uh, self-release myofascial therapy. We do, we do do strong poses depending on who's in the room and what issue people have. I mean, so someone who has cancer, you know, that might not be the only, uh, condition a person has. A person might've also just recently had double knee replacement, for example. So everybody, you know, even, this, uh, the class at GW is for people with cancer. It's all kinds of cancer. We have prostate, people with prostate cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer, et cetera. So everyone, I mean, every cancer is different, but also every person is different. You know, if you're at, if you're 25, how you view cancer might be very different than if you're 75. So we try to do as many things, um, focusing a lot as well on, breath work, on meditation, things that will really just help someone feel a little lighter. Because I know people coming into the room are feeling stress, they're feeling anxiety. Um, you know, maybe you went to have your blood work done and, and your numbers weren't good, so you couldn't get your treatment, which is creates anxiety as well. Um, or, or you're going to go, or you have like a PET scan scheduled for the next week. So the, it's, it's important to go to that meditative place. And can you ex better explain uh, to our provider audience what sets therapeutic yoga apart from the yoga that they may be more familiar with? So you can have, I mean, one is that yoga therapy is being delivered by someone who's a yoga therapist. And what that means at a very practical level is that all yoga therapists are also yoga teachers. So we all have the sort of requisite 200 hour level training, but we've gone on to get at least another 800 hours of training. Um, so we have much more knowledge in terms of anatomy, kinesiology, the, the, the broader toolbox of yoga. In a typical class, you might have some breath work, a ton of poses and postures and movements and a little bit of meditation, which is usually like five minutes of, of what's called corpse pose or shavasana at the end of class. And that feels good. A yoga therapist will have a broader range of tools in their toolbox, depending on who you're working with. And that could include um, not just shavasana, but an understanding of all kinds of mindfulness therapies, 
including yoga nidra, so kind of a guided visualization. Um, we, we have a deeper understanding of breath work and which things would be good, you know, what kind of breath work would be good in the case of hyper conditions versus hypo conditions, because they're, they're different. There's a wide continuum. Um, we are trained to work with clinicians. So we understand conditions from that allopathic perspective. And then we're also trained to understand those conditions from the yogic perspective. And that perspective looks not just at what's happening at the physical level, but also what's happening uh, in terms of the energetic level, the psycho-emotional level, and the spiritual level. And so we're also trained in doing uh, much lengthier assessments, basically lengthier intakes, so that we can really target the tools that we use. Um, additionally, because typically, you know, yoga therapy, yoga therapist typically will work one on one with folks, with patients, with clients, depending on what the context is, or work longer term in in a group. And in those groups, we tend to be working, I mean, there's no such thing as a homogenous group, but in some way, there's, there's some similarity. They have cancer, they're nonprofit workers, they're homeless youth, they're um, women who are going through menopause, they have sciatica, whatever the, the group is, we're working on a much longer term with them. And we could really um, help not just with the practices of yoga, but also with the philosophy of yoga. So there's inherent in yoga therapy is an aspect of um, lifestyle medicine, if you will, which is so important in dealing with chronic inflammation, chronic diseases. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. That actually gets me really excited as the program director for our integrative medicine program because you're just hitting all the, the things that we are trying to teach our physicians and clinicians and healthcare providers about looking at the whole person, not just, you know, they came in with a broken foot. Why did they break their foot? Is it because they don't have enough vitamin D in their system or something like that? So I love that. Thank you very much. I also love, you know, I just heard a wonderful example about that story. Like if someone uh, falls down the stairs and breaks their foot, there might not be, there's the physical trauma, but there might not be any emotional residue to that. If someone falls down the stairs because their partner pushed them, then there's going to be a whole different set of variables that, that sometimes the medical system isn't isn't that equipped to deal with, but we need to if we're trying to deal with the whole person versus just the condition that they present with. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Yael and Nadia. It was very informative and uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Thank you so much for having us. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the GW Integrative Medicine Podcast with GW's Office of Integrative Medicine and Health. This is Dr. Lee Frame and Janet Rodriguez. Thank you for listening.